Welcome to Inside Economics. I'm Mark Sandy, the Chief Economist of Moody's Analytics, and I'm joined by a few of my colleagues, my two trusty co-hosts, Marissa DiNatale, Chris Dorides. Hi, guys. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. And uh, I'm absolutely giddy, but you'll know why in just a few minutes, but I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, Actually, feeling very good. And uh, we also have Dante, Dante D'Antonio, and uh, that might give you a clue as to why I'm so giddy. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Yeah, that's because Dante's here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I always like Dante. I always like Dante on Jobs Friday. Uh, this is Jobs Friday, uh, December the eighth. Uh, so we got the November employment report. So we, we're going to definitely dive into that. Uh, boy, was that well? I'm not going to bias anyone's <laughs> perspective on that. <laughs> boy, was that good? Can't, can't help yourself. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm giddy. Can't contain his giddiness. Uh, well, we've we've had a you know kind of a good week. We had a Moody's. Um, kind of holiday event last night, right? Chris, oh, yeah. you were How's there. That? How's yeah. everyone feeling today? Chris is drinking like good. so much. I couldn't believe how much he was drinking. Oh. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Chris, he, he, he tried to fool everyone by drinking cider. I don't know what that means, but I'm drinking cider. And then he was off and running, you know, all these weird Italian drinks. I, never wow. of. I don't know. Maybe you, uh, maybe you drank a little too much. Cause I was, <laughs> I was stuck with the cider. <laughs> uh, did you, you know, I, I, I couldn't get past the beer. I had a, I had a Stella. Uh, t- I don't drink beer very often, but boy, did that taste good. That beer tastes good. Dante, I didn't see you there. Were you there? I, I was there. Yeah, you were. There. You were. There was a you know, horde of people around you all the time. Oh, I figured yeah, I was going to get a chance right, to talk to you this morning. Right, so I, you know. right, right, right. Oh, good. I'm. Well, I'm glad you were there. And of course, Marissa, you're in California. I was so not there. Could right. not partake even virtually. No. Yeah, we even <laughs> got to meet Alana and Franco in. Uh, yeah, in right. Our producers here. So. Our producers here. The our silent producers that keep the train on the tracks. Yeah. yeah. So that was good. And Alana was regaling us of her previous employer. We won't go into that, though, but uh, <laughs> like, oh, she, we should have a, a separate podcast just to, <laughs> just for this. <laughs> Explore that a little bit with her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I should say this is uh, we have two podcasts for this week. Uh, this one we're recording right now. And obviously, we're going to focus on the job numbers and the uh, labor market more broadly. We'll play the game, of course. Uh, but we have a, a let's call it a bonus podcast. Uh, we had uh, uh, we. Um, taped that earlier in the week with uh, Mark Donovan, who founded uh, Denver Basic Income Project. I think I have that right. But that was a really interesting conversation yeah. around basic uh, uh, universal basic income or guaranteed income. Um, he's got a program that he established in Denver and uh, is now uh, kind of scientifically designed and getting some results. Pretty cool conversation, I thought. Um, so, yeah. uh you can avail yourselves with that as well. Um, okay. Uh, can I give a wanna... shout out? Can I give yeah. a shout out to Marissa as well? Because we also did a webinar yesterday ah. about different risks, and I thought she was masterful in covering uh, social and political risks uh, to the economy. So, any listeners who are interested in kind of not just the baseline but other potential risks, I'd, I'd encourage you to to take a lesson there. But she, I, I would concur. Walk that tightrope really well. I concur. Thanks, you know. You know, I, I, I went when the risks. We we did a survey of all the participants to the webinar and said, "What is what? What are you most worried about?" And then we took the top six responses, and you know, it felt like those were the top six. You know, and the, the commercial. I said, "Okay, guys, which ones do you want to take?" And of course, Chris raised his hand first and said, "I want to do CRE and housing," and which is absolutely positively the right thing. Makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. And then, uh, and then I said to Marissa, "Well, what do you want to do?" She goes, "Well, it probably makes sense for you to do the Fed and uh, the banking financial system. That makes perfect sense." But that left you with two really tough ones: <laughs> geopolitical threats and social and political unrest. So I'm going, "Oh, whoa, <laughs> that's going to be." I can't wait to see what she comes up with. But I thought you did a great job. Really did. Yeah, yeah very good. Masterful. Thank you. Yeah. And actually, that podcast, I I thought it was. I mean, excuse me, that webinar. I thought that webinar was, it could have been the best we've ever done, I thought. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see yeah, the feedback on it because right. we did it a little differently than we normally do. So I'm yeah. curious to see what really, people think. Really curious. <clears throat> I, but I really, I I actually enjoyed it, you know, uh, so really a lot of fun. We had tons of questions, so it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, let's uh, get to the meat of the matter. Uh, we got, as I said, the employment report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics today for the month of November. This is the uh, morning of uh, Friday, uh, December 8th. 
Uh, Dante, um, you want to give us the rundown and um, uh, give us a sense of uh, how you're thinking about the numbers? Sure. Yeah. Maybe I'm not quite as giddy as you are, but I think it, I think it was a good report. I think there certainly are pieces of it that people could pick out to make a, a headline oh, that makes it seem not so favorable. Oh. I'm not going to do that, but I think there there certainly are some some pieces Chris of information that. here that people could cherry pick and uh, you know try to paint it in a, a more negative light. Um, but you sort of at a high level, added 199,000 jobs in November. Uh, if anything, that's a little bit overstated. You got the sort of the positive impact from the UAW strike ending, which is lifting that by somewhere between 30 and 40,000 relative to what the sort of underlying job growth was, just like we had you know, sort of a, a downweight on October job growth for the same reason. Uh, private sector payrolls were up 150,000. Um, the average over the last three months in the private sector is, is right around there. It's about 145K. It's definitely slowed quite a bit since the beginning of the year, although over the last three or four months, things have been largely stable um, in terms of you know a three-month average of growth. Public sector keeps cranking out jobs. So it seems to be their their turn to shine here after a slow initial recovery. Uh, public sector added almost 50,000 jobs again. It's averaging almost 60,000 over the last three months. Uh, so that's really propping up that headline jobs number quite a bit. Uh, construction. Can I, stop you? Can I stop you just yeah. right there real quick? Because one of the kind of the, I mean, I followed the tweeting a little bit this morning. And one of the criticisms or blemishes, you know, people are trying to nitpick in my view, but, you know. They're, they're focused on the fact that a lot of the job growth is in government and, of course, healthcare, those two sectors. And therefore, somehow that's not quite as good as job growth in other parts of the economy. Uh, how do you think about that? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's a problem that we're adding a lot of jobs in government and healthcare. I mean, obviously, you'd like to see job growth everywhere, but we didn't see big job losses in many industries. That would be more concerning to me. There were a couple pockets that looked a little bit weak, but I think sort of by design, we expect that job growth is going to be slowing across most industries if we expect overall job growth to be slowing here. So you're going to end up with some uncomfortable readings in some places, I think. You know, the fact that healthcare, there's still strong demand there. I don't think that's a problem. Government, again, I think is really just a timing thing, right? There was you know really weak recovery in, in the public sector for the first two years. And so they're just sort of catching up now that some of that private sector demand has slowed down a little bit. So they're sort of taking advantage of that situation. Uh, so I, I don't too. read it as a I, negative. I, 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 yeah, I'd I, say healthcare too, same dynamic, right? I mean, the healthcare sector was kind of boxed out because the rest of the economy was saying, I'm going to pay you whatever it takes to, you know, and the healthcare sector couldn't do that. And government couldn't do that, obviously, as well. So they had to wait their turn and now's their turn. So they're adding to payrolls and just kind of restoring the lost jobs during the pandemic. That's my interpretation of what's going on. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. And so, I, yeah, the strength there doesn't bother me. If we saw a lot of weakness everywhere else, that would be more concerning yeah. to me. But I don't. That's not how I read this report, at least that there's not a ton of weakness all over the place. So, and, and you make another good point, and we all we just get this on the radar screen. Job growth, we need it to continue to at some point. It's got to slow. It doesn't have to slow right now because we're getting tremendous labor force growth, which I'm sure you're going to come back to. But you know, it's got. That's not going to. That's not sustainable. I don't think. And we will see slower job growth. And if we get job growth that's kind of where we think it's going to be, kind of around 100K per month, maybe a little south of that, that means some sectors can't experience job growth and may even experience some declines. That's that's the point you're making. Agreed. Yeah. That's yeah. What okay. Gonna... All right. Sorry. I interrupted. That's okay. Yeah. Um, construction was weaker than it's been. You know, it was only up 2000. It's the weakest reading since March there again. I mean, it hits been a lot stronger. I think it's held up a lot better than we expected it to. So seeing some weakness there is is probably not all that surprising. Uh, you know, manufacturing was up twenty eight thousand. That you know doesn't really mean a whole lot given the the strike impact. It was you know probably the you know abstracting from that was probably slightly down. You know the strike impact was probably a little over thirty k. So manufacturing more broadly was probably down a little bit over the month. Uh, transportation warehousing again has been weak recently. It was down another five thousand. I wouldn't you know sort of not a concerning development to me. Uh, information was up 10,000. I think there, there's a little bit of positive impact probably from the resolution of the the SAG after a strike. Yeah, we had seen some weakness in information over the last couple of months as a result of that. And so I think we got a little bit of a payback there. Um, professional business services has been very, very weak. Um, you know, sort of su a surprising turn in the second half of the year. That's one where, you know, it had been pretty strong in the first half of 2023 and has really uh, weakened. Some of that is, you know, temp help services falls into there mm -hmm. and that's been weak you know, over the last 12 or 18 months. Uh, so that's obviously causing some of that uh, headwind. Healthcare, as you mentioned, incredibly strong, over 90,000 jobs added, averaging, you know, over 80,000 jobs a month over the last three 
Leisure and hospitality is still doing pretty well. 40,000 jobs there, you know, averaging slightly better than that in the last three months. Uh, one of those data points I mentioned that somebody could cherry pick, you know, wage growth was up 0.4%. Before, you go, there, before yeah. you go there, let me just ask on jobs. I mean, what do you, you know, uh, think, you know, abstracting from the vagaries of the monthly data, strike effects, seasonality, everything else. What do you think the underlying rate of a monthly job growth is? I think very recently it's 175. 175. Okay. Yeah. And would you concur with the, what I said earlier that, you know, at some point we're here in the not too distant future, we're headed closer to 100K, maybe a little south? I think we have to be. I mean, to your point, I, you know, labor force growth has been strong, but I don't, there, it certainly doesn't seem like there's fundamental to support labor force growth remaining that strong for very long. Although so I, I want to come back to that, that point. Uh, we can talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, Okay, proceed. Go go ahead. Yes, yeah, so I think you know, one of the you know somebody could you know, could make a headline that wage growth was up zero point four percent. That's you know the strongest reading since the middle of the year. That could seem concerning. The reality is year over year growth is still down. Right, the you know November reading from last year was even stronger than the one we got today. So you know year over year wage growth is is still moderating. Uh, it's back right around four percent. You know it hasn't moderated quickly here in recent months, but the trend has been you know pretty consistently down uh, to a slow, slow degree. Um, on the household survey side of things, again, here I think you can obviously sort of paint whatever story you want to. If you if you just focus on this month, you could make it seem like the labor market is booming and that could be a problem. But if that's ignoring the you know overly weak reading we got in the household survey last month. So I think if you sort of take them in aggregate, you get a much more accurate and less concerning story about what's going on. Uh, you know, the labor force expanded by over 500,000 this month. But again, that's against a big decline last month. The reality is it's averaging about 150,000 people added to the labor force over the last two months, which is pretty much in the ballpark that we've been in. So there's really not a whole lot of new information there. Labor force participation ticked back up to where it was after declining a little bit last month. So there again, if you sort of take the two months in total, there's there's not a whole lot to write home about. You know, the unemployment rate, again, there's one of those headlines. It dropped from 3.9 to 3.7. You can certainly you know get worked up about that if you want to and say, hey, we, you know, we want the unemployment rate to move in the other direction. We want it to be going up a little bit, if anything. We don't want it to be coming back down. Um but there again, it, it was at three seven pretty recently. It was you know as low as three five in July, so it's mm -hmm. it's still up off of that bottom uh, over the last couple of it months. Seems like it's steadfastly between three and a half and four. I mean, it's not yeah right. Time. And the you know we get month to month movements there that I don't you know no one should pay all that much yeah. attention to. I don't think. And so again, not <laughs> yep. overly concerning to me. Employment yeah. in the household survey was up almost seven hundred fifty thousand. Again, you could say you know, oh my god, it's a huge gain, uh, but. Over the last two months, it's averaging two hundred thousand, which is exactly in line with the payroll survey. You know, again, not a whole lot to to write home about, I don't think. Um, so, by and large, I'm in your camp. I think it's a positive report. I think it gives us most of what we were hoping to see. You know, could it have been slightly better? I think you know maybe you expect job growth to slow a little bit faster. Maybe you get wage growth that comes in a little bit more. Although, you know, we might talk about how that might not be necessary anymore. Um, so, I read it as a good report. Like I said, I think you can nitpick at it maybe a little bit more than some of the past ones that we've had but really i don't know that i buy I, into that i can't, I can't I'm, I'm really hard pressed to knit I, i've chris like chris's nitpick. face tells me he's gonna try in a, in okay, a minute well, so i mean really i mean i mean even the job growth you're saying your 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 knit is maybe it's too strong right that's your knit but in the context of this labor force growth i mean it's actually just right <clears throat> right i mean you're getting a lot of labor force growth with no wage in wage growth or is continues to moderate. I mean, that's why wouldn't you want 175 return? Okay. Why is that a knit? That's what's the opposite of a knit? You know, is, is there an opposite? I don't Whatever know. it is, <laughs> knit times minus 0. 0.1 or nine, minus one. That's what, the, that's what that is. Yeah. Anti-knit. Anti-knit. There you go. Anti-knit. It's an anti-knit. Ooh, I think we got a title for the podcast. Some, somehow we got to get that in there, man. Anti-knit is cool. That's cool. Chris is so good with no this. one will have any idea what the podcast is about, <laughs> but they'll be intrigued. They'll right? be intrigued. Right. I got to listen to this. Anti-knit. This <laughs> sounds like artificial edge. intelligence somehow. <laughs> AI. Yeah. yeah, and then they'll listen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. Bottom line: you step back, you say what? 
I'm, you're feeling I, I'm happy good. at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's not giddy. Be you're not giddy. That's I'm not giddy. That. I'm happy. You're happy. You're happy. Our forecast was good, so that makes me happy. And that, that, yeah, okay. So. All right. Look, we're gonna we're gonna go around the horn here. I'm giddy. We're gonna do this. In, you know, as you get, each get a chance to talk. I'm giddy, and I haven't had a chance to talk, but I'm still giddy. And Dante is happy. Okay. All right. Now we move forward. Uh, uh, Marissa. I think it's holes, great. And oh, great. kudos to Dante for nailing the forecast almost to the number. Um, That's a good I, point. I have nothing negative to say about it. Mm. No, I nits. don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I think it's exactly what we want to see. Job growth is slowing, uh, but it's not coming at the expense of layoffs, a bunch of people being laid off, right? It's it's coming from slower hiring. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything bad to say about it. Yeah, and you what, know, I know. You what could, are the what what are the negative things you were reading about it that people think it's too strong? I'm talking to but the one I saw was this point about the composition of job growth. You exclude government, government and healthcare, then you know the job growth is much weaker, uh, and that. Like it, it's kind of the the implication is you're getting to underlying job growth, which I just you know doesn't resonate with me at all. Um, I mean, I the know. composition even within government, it's I mean, I don't know, is it bad to add jobs in those industries? I mean, it's state and local government jobs, both in education and outside of education, that were added. Federal government was like zero, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we got a huge gain in healthcare that was pretty broad based, which we need, as we Dante alluded to. And as you said, we we want to see private employment growth slow, and we saw that. So I don't have anything negative to say. The yeah. big gain on the household side, if you adjust it for the payroll survey concept, it's much smaller. Um, still, still big. It's about four hundred and eighty thousand, but. Um, even that, that looks good to me too. Yeah. Okay. So, so bottom line, take a step back. Your, your adjective is great. Great. Yeah. Great, 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 great. Great, great with the emphasis on the GR. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm giddy. I'm telling you this is what happens. I, when I, I can I'm tell. Giddy. I can you tell. <laughs> Maybe it was that beer from last night too. Yeah, it could be. Uh, anyway, Chris, what do you think? Uh, cheerful. Cheerful. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. You're giddy. I'm cheerful. Where does that land, though, in the spectrum from giddy to uh, happy to great? It's, I think it's between you and probably it's uh, you, Marissa, me, and then Dante. You, me. Oh, okay. Got it. Right. right. Okay. That's Very how good. I would think. Okay. Got it. Cheerful. Right. It's not quite as happy. It's not quite happy. Yeah. It's more than happy. It's, that's what I'm saying. Well, you're but right. It's not you're, great, <laughs> but it's, it's not, not great. great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now that we got that established, these are yeah, technical yeah. terms, yeah. by the way. Yes, technical yes. terms, right? Right. <laughs> it was uh, all good. This is how it, we define recessions, by the way. Right. <laughs> kind of, you know, same kind of. I think recession. that's how the committee how operates. Right? That's how it operates. <laughs> the secretive committee. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, go ahead, Chris. If you want nits, you yeah. Let's. You I want dig, nits. I want you can dig nits. into the demographic uh, okay. data, but uh -huh. you know, as we've said in the past, that's subject to some volatility because it is a smaller sample. So, African 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 American men saw an increase in their unemployment rate. Mm. Asian also saw an increase in their unemployment rate. Less in high school educated also saw some weakness there. So. Yeah, there is that are because of labor force, or was that because? Well, of it's a combination, right? You have Economy. people coming. You also you did see uh, in unemployment uh, rise in those uh, categories, but you uh -huh. you saw a big increase in the, the labor force supply, right? Yeah. So yeah. So again, how do you and and then when you take a step back, uh, not just the last month, but in the current, if you look kind of over the last year or two, is it? Still in the same bounds, the same boundary, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's oh, not. It it's okay, not uh, yeah, it's not no skyrocketing. Yeah. It's not. Right. You know, it, it's yeah. something to watch. Maybe right. All right. If the trend were to continue, but right. It's um, yeah. Again, really searching for the nits. Right. And this whole idea of the uh, the composition. You know, I, I look at leisure hospitality as my example. That I, I looked it up today. It's still not 
leisure hospitality employment is still not back. It's it's mm. getting close to where it was in 2019, but it's not all the way back to mm. to where it was. So we still have some gaps in the market to to be filled here. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so cheerful, cheerful. Yeah, feels feels pretty good. Well, well, let let me just let's just broaden out the the cam- the the camera a little bit. And there's a lot of labor market data that came out this week. We got the job opening labor turnover survey. That's where you get the unfilled posi- uh, open unfilled positions, quits, hires, that kind of thing. We got unemployment insurance claims. We got challenger report. Uh, I'm not sure what else. What we could maybe other things. Anything in those other reports that color you you know are thinking around what the message is in today's jobs numbers, Dante, or is it all very well, consistent? I think it's pretty consistent. And if you want a you know, sort of you know, unicorn positive report, it was the Jolts report earlier this week, right? I mean, mm-hmm. basically everything held steady, but job openings fell by a lot to basically come back to the trend they were on a couple months ago, right? They had sort of jumped a few months ago for no real apparent reason. And now they're sort of back to that moderating trend. But you know, hires were basically unchanged, quits were basically unchanged, layoffs basically stayed the same, you know, sort of indications that the labor market is still healthy, but sort of labor demand keeps cooling, which is, you know, I think, exactly what we hope to see, right? We're still adding jobs, layoffs aren't picking up, but it's clear that firms, you know, are reducing labor demand to some degree, which should help, you know, see that sort of moderating job growth moving forward. So I think, you know, I read that as over, almost entirely positive. And I think, again, still consistent with the claims data that shows layoffs are still low, you know, sort of everything is is positive in the sense that it all points to layoffs holding steady, but job growth moderating anyway, which is, I think, the best we can hope for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marissa, Chris, any anything you saw in the other labor market data that came out this week that was inconsistent or caught your eye or anything? No. Marissa? No. no. I mean, no. yeah, it's it's all consistent yep. um, and it's all good. It's, it's showing what we want to what we were hoping for slowing job growth without rising layoffs. Yeah. I, I mean, it just, it's just amazing to me. The job market is, I think I, I'm gone from giddy to amazing. It's just amazing. Isn't it? Come on. Think about it for a second. I mean, the job creation is gargantuan uh, and it's, you know, it's the labor force is keeping up with it and unemployment is low, uh, stable mm-hmm. under 4%. Wage growth is moderating. You know, wage growth is at four percent year over year, and you know you might argue that that's too high for you know to be consistent with the Fed's two percent inflation target. I, I I would take umbrage with is umbrage. Can I use the word umbrage with? I would take exception to that. Yeah, that uh, because productivity growth is picked up a lot, and we're going to come back to that. So you know, four percent may be disinflationary. I don't know, given mm-hmm. the current rate of productivity. So, and obviously, that we have to make sure that the productivity gains are sustainable. But you know, uh, nonetheless, I, I can't think of a single thing I'm looking at—not one thing I'm looking at—and I'm saying, "Oh, that bothers me." That's just really bizarre. I mean, almost—it's unprecedented. I have to say, I'm, it's usually I can see something in the day. Now, of course, maybe I have confirmation bias. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe, but I don't. I'm. I'm looking at this data and I'm going, wow, this is pretty darn incredible. I mean, we got we got to take a snapshot at this point in time. It's like this is a rip roaring perfect labor market when you get right down to it. No, I mean, really, it is. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think for me, the the rebound in the labor force after the pandemic that included all demographic groups has really been surprising and welcome right i mean you've seen like women's prime age women's participation rate come back quickly you know we thought there we thought there may be a lot of people that just wouldn't come back into the labor force or participate to the same extent after the pandemic and you really see it across all demographic groups it's it's amazing that there's that much labor supply out there i, I think i underestimated that yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, let's play the game. Um, uh, the statistics game. So we each put forward a statistic. Uh, the rest of the group tries to figure that out with questions and clues, deductive reasoning. The best uh, stat is one that's not so easy. We get it uh, immediately. And one that's not so hard, we never get it. 
um, and if it's apropos to the topic at hand, bonus, uh, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, so, uh, Marissa, you want to go first? Sure. Oh, can I just say one more thing about the jobs report that yeah, didn't sure. happen? And you mentioned this morning we had a, a macro meeting. Um, the growth in the labor force was either predominantly or almost all among foreign-born workers last mm -hmm. month. Um, we talked about perhaps there's more immigration than is being measured. And um, a lot of the labor force growth of the past year has been among foreign-born workers. doesn't mean they're new immigrants into the country. It means they weren't born in the United States. Um, but that has been an, an enormous source of supply in the labor force. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to come back to again. the supply side uh, after the game. Yeah. Because I want to explore oh, okay. that. Oh, okay. All right. We're not done talking about it. No, no, no. No, we'll come back. Okay. Um, but let's play the game. So what's your stat? My stat is 3.1%. I know Michigan what that inflation. is. Yeah, we all. So that violated the first principle of- uh, Wait, what did you say? I didn't hear what University you said. University of Michigan inflation expectation. No. I mean, oh. that may be- <laughs> oh, is, it, is it from today? Is it, is it from oh. the, the employment report? No, it's not. It's not. Oh, that's oh. It. Well, okay. Okay. So both Chris and I got <laughs> head faked here. Yeah. Because we just got the University of Michigan survey uh, for- uh, the month of, I guess, December, and they publish inflation expectations one month ahead, and it came in at a very low 3.1%. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. look at it. That's not what- and is, it, uh, is. is it the quits rate? No. No? Is it from the JOLTS report? No. Okay. Is it from the employment report today? No. Oh, geez, Louise. Okay. Labor market related. related job. Is it related it's to the economy? No, it's, <laughs> not. it's not. It's not related to the economy. Faking us all out. Yeah. What the, what the oh. heck? Oh, yes, oh, it's oh. related to the economy. It, it's okay. not related to the labor market, though. Oh, it's not. It, it's no, not which I know is I'm violating kind of a rule <laughs> no, no, here. But no, I, that's fine. That's fine. Is I it, kind of want to make it harder for you guys. Is it a release that came out this week? Yeah. Oh, and it was a government statistic? No. Oh, oh, not oh. a government statistic. Okay. Um, okay. ISM surveys came out. That can't be it. Uh, we had the Challenger report. Uh, could it, it's not from that, is it? Nope. Not job nope. market related. Oh, not job market related. Right. Uh, what else came out? The productivity? From... Well, no, that's government, right? Yeah, that's government. That's yeah. government. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, we thought we thought I was about to berate poor Marissa. Yeah. This is too easy, but now I'm going to berate her because it's too goddamn. Well, excuse me, it's too hard. Uh, okay. Uh, geez, Louise, the uh, roller coaster uh, of emotions over here. Do you get know, it's consumer right. consumer related. Aha, uh -huh. yes. Consumer credit. Yes. Uh, the growth in. Yes. Consumer credit. <laughs> it's a government release, isn't it? It's the year. It was. No, it's the Fed. You don't okay. That's not part of the government. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay, quasi government. <laughs> oh wow! I don't know. I okay. consider it part of the government. I don't know. Uh, an independent government agency. Okay, you're saying it's independent. Is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's chartered by the what the 1913 Federal Reserve Act, right? I mean, there you okay. Go. Yeah. All right, fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. That's fine. No worries. No worries. Yeah, yeah, I, it's yeah. We wouldn't the, have gotten it anyway. We would have gotten it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's the year-over-year -year growth in consumer credit outstanding in October. Mm. This was much slower than we were expecting credit growth to expand by. It expanded by about $5 billion over the month. Um, and this is the slowest rate of growth that we've seen since April of 2021 in credit. So it's been coming in quite quickly, probably because credit has gotten a lot more expensive with rising rates. Demand is falling off for a lot of both revolving and non-revolving forms of credit. Yeah, Chris, do you know, is the Equifax, because we get all the credit files in the country and I view the Equifax data as being kind of the Bible you know, for this data, because and it's more timely. I think we got November data. Any chance you had, a, were you able to look at that data? No. I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, okay. But but I think broadly, consistent with what Marissa's pointing to in the Fed data, the growth in a debt outstanding, consumer credit outstanding is slowing, you know, pretty mm -hmm. sharply here. I mean, I, last I looked for 
bank cards from the Equifax data. So this is, you know, credit cards issued by banks. We're, we're down into the kind of the, I want to say 5%, 4 or 5%, you know, something like that year over year, which means on a monthly, three-month basis, six-month basis sequentially, it's in the low single digit, probably close to the rate of inflation, you know, something like that. Uh, I look at that and I, you know, I think, okay, that's probably explained by the tightening and underwriting, in part by the tightening yeah. and underwriting uh, in the wake of the banking crisis. It's partly demand side, I, I, I think, because inflation has moderated and people, the pressure on people to borrow because their real incomes are rising has abated. And also the interest rates on cards are like, they're like extraordinarily high. I don't know. I mean, record high. Uh, and that makes it very costly to borrow. And I think people respond to that to some degree. Uh, inflation's back in, so that plays a role. Uh, but I look at that and I feel, you know, I grow a little less nervous about what's going on with regard to consumer credit quality, which, you know, we we all know we've seen some erosion there. Delinquency rates have started to rise. Chris, what do you, because you, you look at these data very carefully. Uh, does that narrative I just laid out um, resonate with you? Are you consistent with the way you're thinking about things? It does in terms of the aggregate, right? We're thinking macro and broad economy. Um, if you look a little bit below the surface, you see some different trends by credit score. And also there, uh, the you have the buy now, the buy now pay later, right? Mm -hmm. So you have some other alternative credit sources out there that we may not be capturing, but those are still relatively small in the grand scheme of things. They do cater though to kind of lower income, lower credit borrowers though. So you, I think you'd want to be a little cautious there. You do see delinquency rates rising still. So that's you know, something to um, to watch. Uh, but in terms of the broader uh, economic impact, I agree. You don't see evidence of a, a wide swath of consumers over extending themselves or potentially getting into trouble here. So I think the and moderation guess, is is a positive. Yeah, and and I guess you know real credit outstanding is basically zero, right? Zero. If you account yeah. for inflation, yeah, right. Um, that three point one percent is the year over year year growth over year in October. Yep, in October for all consumer credit revolving yep. and non-revolving. Yes. Okay. And do, do you know offhand, is, was the non-revolving, which is like auto and student loans, was that weaker or stronger? It, it was then, that, then 3.1, which were they both about the same, about 3.3? Oh, yeah. So they, well, non-revolving was much weaker. So non-revolving, yeah, yeah, yeah. That may go to the student <clears throat> loan. Um, you know, debt. There's a lot of debt forgiveness and there's also, you know, putting people in income-driven repayment plans, although that wouldn't affect the amount outstanding, would it? Uh, I guess it, would, it might, uh, if there's some forgiveness attached to that, but that might be playing a role. Okay, that's Maybe the decline in used cars. Oh, yeah. That used might car be. prices. Used car prices. All about right. balances. Good point. Yeah, good point. Okay, uh, great. That was a great statistic. Uh, uh, very good, Marissa. Uh, D Dante, you're up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pretty deep in the weeds here, just so I'm giving mm. you a forewarning. Um, uh, minus 38.4 thousand. Was this, so in the this employment? is an industry? It's in the employment report. Yeah. Change. And, so it's employment, employment for a certain in industry? industry? That I conveniently left out of the rundown at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what Thank fell 38,400 jobs? Wow. That is a big number. It's one of those uh, things that somebody could call a blemish, right? That's Yeah. 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 Or a data problem, uh, you know. <laughs> depending on your depending on your perspective uh especially one who's giddy you know I, this is this cognitive don't throw cognitive cognitive dissonance my way uh or like i think i'm using that word correctly uh you said you left it out of the rundown i don't think i mentioned it no <clears throat> because it, i knew i was going to use it is it in the service side of the economy yes okay is it in the retailing part oh re that's retail right. trade, yeah. retail trade. Re department stores over, it's overall retail trade. Oh, overall now, retail trade. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I, I brought this up because I think it'll actually make your yeah. case stronger because I think that's that was the biggest single decline of any industry, obviously. But I, I think it's almost purely a <laughs> seasonal adjustment problem. It's not an actual decline. Right. Uh, if you look last November, it actually declined by over 45,000. And mm -hmm. it's just there's been a, a shift in the seasonal pattern, right? <laughs> the ramp up in hiring and retail is much lower in November than it used to be. And so you're getting these 
big negative prints in November that aren't real, right? We still added lots of jobs in retail, a couple hundred thousand jobs. Uh, but that gain is smaller than it had been in prior years. And so it's it's reading as a negative in retail trade. Again, so that's you know, a pretty big weight on that top line job number. You know, if you erase that, private sector gains are closer to 200K instead of 150. Uh, so again, I think if somebody's you know, headlining that as a problem with the report, it's you know not really mm-hmm. a problem at all. It's just a mm-hmm. quirk. So well, also, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe if you go back pre-pandemic, retail trade employment was consistently declining, right? Because I think that goes to uh, online uh, e-tailing. So you were seeing a shift in jobs away from straight up retail into wholesaling and transportation and distribution, you know, uh, UPS, you know, uh, FedEx, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think if anything, over the last couple of years, I think retail has recovered better than I think maybe we expected it would when the pandemic first happened. I think it's actually been a a more positive story than we might've thought it would be. So, yeah. Okay, good one. Uh, Chris, you're up. All right. Uh, mine is deep in the bowels <laughs> of the employment report and required a calculation. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all helpful. Yeah, thank you. 59.3%, but it makes a point. So 59.3%. It's a, it's a ratio of, of two things. Uh, is it household or payroll side of the report? It is household. Oh, interesting. Um. Has it related to part-time, full-time employment? No. No. Is it related to some some composition of unemployed? No. You know, is no. it an employment to population ratio for some demographic ah, group? That's interesting. It is not employment, but it is a ratio. Right? The population is in the denominator for a demographic group. So. Participation? participation? What's that? Labor force Part- participation. No. No. Uh, oh, you said kind of the opposite of uh... non-participation. <laughs> non-participation. Oh, oh, really? It's the, the percentage. Uh, you give up? Yeah. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Percentage yeah. of uh, people fifty-five uh, over the age of fifty-five uh, who are not in the labor force don't want a job. It's it's fifty-nine point four percent. Fifty-nine point three percent. Three percent. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, and, you, I, and why didn't you just? Look at the labor force. Why did you do the non-participation rate as opposed to the participation rate? Just to mess you with know, us. Got to got to messing yeah. with us. <laughs> <laughs> Just messing with us. Okay, go ahead. All right. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Go go ahead. So you can't have you, uh, you know, constantly yeah. giddy. Yeah, you know? no, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Fair enough. Got to got to. So the reason why I chose this is I'm yeah. trying to understand the um, supply. Where are all these people coming from? Where's the supply coming uh, from? Right. So Marissa mentioned immigrants, certainly, but maybe there's some, some untapped, you know, folks on the sideline as well. So this number indi- um, was is up from what it was prior to the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, we had 58 percent of the people over the age of 55 not in not looking for a job so that this has gone up so you've seen some people stepping out right but uh the number got as high as 60.5 percent earlier this year so you've seen some some of these older folks coming back in so they have been providing some of the the supply if we went all the way back down to 58 percent, so we returned to the pre-pandemic mm-hmm. rate here that's another 1.3 million people that could uh, rejoin the labor force from that 55 plus cohort. So this could go on for a while, right? There's still mm-hmm. other so folks out there that up, could right. still be pulled in off the sidelines. So so uh, w- what do you think the explanation is for why uh, the participation rate is lower, the non-participation rate is higher in the post-pandemic period? W- what's going on here, do you think? I think you saw a lot of older folks uh, stepping out of the labor market because, market because they, you know, Saw their house value uh, rise, stock price, uh, stock portfolios increased, right? Mm-hmm. So they may have had some, certainly some stimulus um, on the lower end of the spectrum. So I think that certainly allowed people to to step out. But you do see some coming back in. I, I suspect you'll see some more coming back in. Um, so mostly financial. So you're, yeah, that, that's they, my guess. Yeah, everyone's well. Net worth increased quite dramatically in the pandemic since the pandemic hit stock prices are up housing values are up uh and you're saying they just don't need to work so therefore right. they 
Yeah, but now with time passing, they may they may need to do so, and or I or guess want lifestyle to. or yeah. want to. Yeah. That's right. They took a, they took a bit of a break and they said, ah, I'm you know I got to get back. I got to do something here. I don't. That's yeah. yeah. Is is there a reason to think that'll normalize though? I mean, because isn't there some demographic shift within that group too? I mean, like the fifty five and older group has gotten older, older over right. time, and that's going to continue to happen, right? So you would think that would put downward pressure on the share of people who are going to be looking for work, right? As that group as a whole starts to age. So do you think there's a reason it will get back to where it was before? Yeah. Well, that that assumes that their finances are in shape, right? I'm I'm not convinced that that's the case. So. Yeah, they'll be older, but I, I think you'll Still see need more money. people yeah. under pressure. Uh, okay, will have to come back in. But I agree. I don't. I don't know that it goes all the way back to fifty-eight percent. Maybe it's fifty-eight and a half or something. But even there, it still leaves room for more people for some, to come back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm just try, trying to understand where all these people are coming from who yeah. continue to join the labor force, continue to to take jobs. Well, it could be significant if you go from fifty-nine to fifty-eight. That's one percentage point. I, if I do my arithmetic right, that's like one point what 6 million 1.7 million people into the labor force that that's consequential you know yeah. if that were, were to happen uh okay i got one uh i'm not sure if it's too easy or too hard probably <laughs> i always think it's too hard but you guys are so good at this particularly marissa she gets like she, every time i think it's hard she gets it right away but here it goes no pressure no pressure. And this is, um, do you see how I'm playing a, a That's bit a of a mind game here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mind exactly. game. Messing with I'm me. getting into her mind. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> and now she looks like she's got a bit of a headache. Yes. <laughs> uh, shut up, Mark. Just tell me this. this. Uh, two years. Two years. Dante, I, I, don't, we, I can't hear you. I think that, that's a stat. Two years. That's that's it. Two years. That's my stat. I stand by it. The time since December eighth, twenty twenty one. Is that the? It's... Oh, God! You should think about it in that context. That's there a good way go. of doing it. Yeah, yeah. In the, in that context, this is years. job market related. Job market related. It goes to the amazing job market. Two years of continuous job growth. Is that the... No, we've had more than that, right? We have had Two more, years yeah. that the unemployment rate has been below four percent. Yeah, oh. like, basically uh, where it very is. Very good. See, I told you. I yeah, told you she yeah. always. That's amazing. She's great at this. Uh, yeah, two years, we dipped below four percent December of twenty twenty one, and now we are here in you know November twenty twenty three. Two years of sub four percent unemployment. That is, that is amazing, right? Good reason to be giddy. You know, pretty pretty incredible, and it's rock solid. It's rock solid. Here's another interesting statistic. I'll ask you this: What do you think real GDP growth per annum has been over those two that two year period? Was with stable unemployment, unemployment rock solid between three and a half and four. Which, by the way, just as a reason I ask is that would probably be a pretty good guesstimate of the underlying potential growth rate of the economy, right? During that period, during this period. All right. What do you what do you what do you think it is? Somewhere between two and two and a half percent. Yeah, exactly. Two point three five percent per annum. That feels like to me the underlying potential growth rate of the economy. And actually, over the last year, unemployment has been stable. You know, I think it was three it was three six November of uh, twenty twenty two. It's three seven November of twenty twenty three. So basically unchanged. And over that period, real GDP growth has been three percent on the nose. It just feels like the underlying potential growth of the economy is is you know, you know it that's we we talk economists talk about the real potential growth of the economy as if it's a constant, it's not. It goes up and down and all around, and uh, you know it just feels like in the current context. I'm not saying this is underlying long run real potential growth. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying in the recent period, in the recent year, recent two years, it's not two percent. It's higher than that. It's higher than that. It, uh, you know, it's closer to two and a half percent, and even more, even stronger that over the past year. Does that make sense? Am I making sense, or am I missing something? So, Chris, do you mis- do you think that the full employment unemployment rate is three point six percent or something? What do you think Nehru is? Yeah, it's between three and a half and four. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. I I'm, yeah, and I if you had asked me in twenty nineteen before the pandemic, what's the full employment unemployment rate, I'd say between three and a half and four. It's somehow, some way, the uh, people's uh, thinking around this changed and they said, oh, it's four to four and a half. 
And of course, that's what the Federal Reserve is saying in their forecast that that's underlying uh, full employment, unemployment. But I, it, I, I just think it's three and a half to four. You know, consistent with you know what we're observing with everything that's going in the labor market, wage growth, and everything else. I mean, if three and a half and four to four percent was below full employment, meaning we're operating be, beyond full employment, wage growth would be accelerating. It wouldn't be decelerating. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be decelerating. So I just think the economy has, you know, we're at full employment, we're not beyond, and we have a lot more, we have more room to run than we think we have because the underlying potential growth of the economy is stronger. And that goes to the point you were making, Marissa, about labor force and immigration. I I suspect, and of course, Chris made another good point I didn't even think about, we may have a lot more uh, juice coming from folks that are above the age of 55. We might see more uh, inc- uh, further increase in participation or decline in non-participation in that group. But uh, if you look at the, see how you messed me up, Chris? Now I got to say non-participation. I got it in your mind. Yeah. You got in my mind. It's like, I got to <laughs> say both of those things now. But uh, on uh, on uh, immigration, it, it looked, some there's growing evidence that there's a lot more immigrants coming into the country, uh, and that is really, you know, that creates all kinds of issues. You can see that, you know, in the crowded hotels in New York City, but it's also it feels like it's they're finding jobs and they're starting to uh, uh, it's uh, inc- helping with the labor force, uh, the strong labor force growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the productivity side, I just want to bring this up, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit in the context because I know both Chris and Dante has done have done a lot of work in this area. The productivity growth feels like it's it's got some life to it. I, again, I you know it, it ebbs and it flows, and maybe th- this this recent flow turns into an ebb. I'm not sure, but it does feel like we've got some real underlying juice here. Uh, Dante, what do you think about that? Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer with a question to you, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. so what do you expect GDP to grow by in the fourth quarter of this year? We obviously had a huge, you know, outsized gain in in Q3, which is part of what's fueling that big productivity number. So, what what do you expect GDP growth to be in the fourth quarter? Uh, one and a half, two percent, you know, something like that, below potential. Right. So, if you get below potential GDP growth in the fourth quarter, we know the labor market is still strong. We're still adding lots of jobs. So, I mean, it, it's almost certain that productivity is gonna slow dramatically in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's arithmetic tells us that it's got to slow a lot and yeah. you know, okay, may even go back enough. below where we, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously it's great to have strong productivity growth in the third quarter. I'm just not sure that it's one of those, I think we need. No, you but know, year over a, year, you're at least year a two year average okay, to really two, okay. smooth out the, you know, it's one of the more volatile things that we see and it's only quarterly and it, right. So I'm not buying it yet, I guess is my answer. I, yeah. Uh, I okay. like to see the strong number. Yeah, I don't want to see weak productivity growth, but I yeah. want to be wrong ultimately. Yeah. But right. I mean, year over year, it's two point four percent non-farm business productivity growth is two point four. Right, which would be great if that if that yeah. holds up, you know, over the next couple of years. Well, I mean, that that would be uh, that would spectacular. be spectacular, right? Because right? you you know between World War II and the financial crisis, it was two. Right. Between the financial crisis and now, I think it's what one and a half, maybe a little lower than that. Yeah, yeah probably even a little lower. A little lower than that. Yeah. So if you got, I, I take two. You know, going back to two would be sure. pretty good. Spe- two. If it was over that, over than that, it would be spectacular. What do you think, Chris? Is there you think so, something fundamental is going on here with productivity, or, or are we just reading too much into these quarterly movements? No, I I do think something is happening, but I I agree with Dante. I think you know one quarter doesn't uh, make a trend, so I expect things will will moderate here, but I. I I'm convinced it'll be stronger than um, than it was prior to the to the pandemic in that great recession to 2019 period. I, I think there have been some innovations, even just in terms of organization, right? The remote work and just how we how we are working. I think there are lots of um, organizational improvements, and then you throw on top of that some of the technological changes with the potential of AI and other technologies. I I think there's going to be some lift here. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to end on that positive note, I think, right? Should we, because we started off giddy, we got to end up positive, even though Dante's trying to bring us down. Can I ask you one trivia question based on your stat? So you said oh, it's yeah. been two years since the unemployment yeah. rate's below 4%. Is yeah. that the, do you think that's the longest stretch that it's Ooh. ever been below 4%? I want to say no. I want to say in the late 60s, maybe it was longer than two years. 
It was definitely longer than late 60s. It was almost, I'm just eyeballing the, the chart. Yeah. It looks like about four years straight four in the late years 60s. In the late 60s, yeah. Depending on how you measure it right before the pandemic, if you if it's at or below 4%, we basically had exactly two years you know, from March of 2018 to February of 2020 that was you know at or below 4%. Um, and yeah, oh, the late oh, 60s. Really? Oh, oh, it was right before the pandemic. Right before the pandemic, we had two years? Yeah, it oh. wasn't below 4% for two years, oh. but it, it was at or below 4% for two years. That yeah. doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't I wasn't count. sure how, I wasn't sure if you were including okay, 4% I, yeah. in your no, no, two no. years. Not, you so. got to be below 4%. Maybe that's right. it's 3.95. Yeah. That's right. I didn't look at the unrounded number. Yeah. So maybe that's, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. good. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, well, you know, I do think the late 60s, though, you might argue that that was unsustainable, that that was beyond full employment because- that really was the beginning of that uh, period of out of control inflation, right? And that was a period of very. I, I'm speaking from memory, so I think I've got this right. May not. It's like my wife's adage. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I could be right. You know that <laughs> that adage. Uh, that uh, during that period, there was tremendous fiscal stimulus, right? Because you had the Vietnam War, a lot of defense spending, and then you had the Great Society, a lot of non-defense spending. So the government was really juicing stuff up. And uh, actually, there was, I think, if I recall correctly, a lot of uh, uh, evidence that the Federal Reserve was accommodating all this stimulus. You know, it wasn't raising interest rates, uh, probably should have been, but had been somewhat politicized. I think that's the history of that period. And uh, that laid the foundation for the rapid inflation that ensued in the 1970s and, and, and into the 80s. Of course, other things happened like the oil embargo and the fact that the, the Fed didn't completely understand inflation expectation dynamics and we got into a wage price spiral. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think that period probably we were too juiced for too long. Um, I don't I don't sense that at all in the, in the current period, but but anyway. Um, okay, uh, I any anything else uh, folks want to bring up before we call this a podcast? I think that was pretty informative and um no Chris? listen to the bonus episode listen to the bonus episode yeah okay marissa no no covered it mr d'antonio dr d'antonio no i'll let you end on a positive note i won't try okay. to bring you down anymore yeah <laughs> well i hope everyone has a great uh weekend uh go eagles and i'm just saying go there eagles go. uh and um We'll call this a podcast. Take care, everyone. Bye.